Good morning, men. Welcome back to the show. Man, been a long week. A great week. Uh, once again, I continually pray that God is putting you in situations that is making you step out of your comfort zone, that he is growing you, that he is testing you in each and every aspect of your life so that you may go grow closer to him. There is but one reason we are here, men, and that is to share and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Man, lots been going on in the world uh, since we last spoke, uh, and it's crazy. A lot of good stuff. Um, look at uh, the revival going on in Asbury, Kentucky. Uh, how the Holy Spirit is moving in that place and calling thousands of people there to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Such an awesome and amazing thing to see God work the way he works. <clears throat> the way that... Uh, when he's had enough of Satan running the show, or not running the show, but uh, having his will over his creation, that he, uh, he will start to bring back a revival in his people, in the hearts. He will stir a fire in those hearts to bring those back to him, which are his to begin with. It's just an amazing thing. I hope that each and every day that you are starting a revival in your life because that's where true revival starts. It starts with you opening your heart and your mind up to the Holy Spirit to allow him to set you afire inside with who he is and what he does and how capable and how much he loves us. It's just... Uh, Revival starts in the heart of each and individual person uh, that we come in that that we are and that we come in contact to. Man, that was hard to get out. But once we have that personal revival going on, then it will carry over into our homes. That our house will be filled with the Holy Spirit of of God that Jesus promised us. And once it, our house starts filling up, then our friend's house starts filling up. And then it's just a domino effect of the Holy Spirit. We create that first link in order to keep it going in a chain of believers. And when that chain of believers gets to a point, it starts reaching out to those non-believers, those unfaith-based people uh, that or were at one time but were lost and now because of this revival that we started in ourselves with Jesus and the Holy Spirit has spread to where it is doing what we were intended to do, and that is to bring the lost back home to Jesus. They're bringing sheep back to him. So that's kind of the topic of today's show. It's called Battling Culture. And I believe that's a good place to start is the personal revival and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to build our relationship with him day in and day out, man. We are the leaders that 
God created us to be. And the only way we can be true and effective leaders in this culture, in this world today, is to be the men that God created us to be. And that is to be and to have relationship with him day in and day out. It's very important that that is the rock in which we lead from. Not to tower over anybody, like we said before. It's not to tower over anybody. It's not to act better than anybody else. But our foundation is built on the rock, the cornerstone of the church, and that is Jesus Christ. And once we're in that, building our foundation on that rock and in Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and asking the Holy Spirit to come and move inside of us, then the revival starts. But uh, dealing with culture, we see it today. Uh, We've seen it for a long time now that men have become more passive, more neutered, uh, not willing to speak their mind, not willing to stand up when uh, the truth of Jesus Christ is confronted or knocked down. Excuse me. But we back down and think that's somebody else's fight, that God didn't create us for that. Not true, men. We are all created to be warriors of the truth of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our strengthener. He is the one that gives us the words when we need to have them. When we don't feel like we're equipped, he is the equipment that God gives us to go out and stand for the truth against all the world. You know, I look at it. I was looking at a uh, devotional from Pastor Greg Laurie. And, you know, look at the first century church, man. They didn't have social media. They didn't have all the avenues to help spread God's message like we do, but yet still through the power of God, Jesus Christ's message was spread all over the world with nothing that we have today, with no technology. They had the truth of Jesus Christ and their feet and their mouths, and they moved. And they spoke. So if we're going to battle culture today, that's where it begins, man. We have to start standing up for the truth. All of these, uh, what do you call them? These, the, they, thems, hymns, what's, ifs, I don't know, I don't remember. Really? No. There, there's, there's, there's two. You either a man or a woman or a lost soul, right? I mean, that's your only options. If you think you're anything else other than what God created you to be, either a man or a woman, then we need to have a serious conversation about what's going on in your life that would cause you to think something so far off from what God put inside of you. And that starts with having that conversation of, look, there's only one there's only two there's a man and a woman because that's how God designed it 
If you want to talk about science, look at the science. Every species has a man and a woman. And in any species, maybe other than that rare uh, frog that's out there that can uh, change to keep the survival of the species. I don't know what it is, but that's the rumor I've heard. But anyway, so we'll get back to it. Uh, not that any other species I know of that a man has given birth to a child because that's not how uh, God designed it. That's not God. what God said. God said that man and woman were to populate the earth, not man and man or woman and woman or any variation that you could throw into that, uh, that that would even be the case. No, men, we have to stand on the principles that God has given us. And that starts with us knowing those principles, knowing that there is only a man and a woman. And if anybody says anything different, it's time for us to stand up and say, no, you're wrong. That's not the way it is. You know, you can manipulate anything. And you, there's some people out that can manipulate the Bible to make it sound like not what it says. But that's the reason we have to know God's word and strengthen ourselves daily in his word so that when those manipulations are thrown in our face or thrown at us to test the truth of God's word, we are equipped to handle and battle that situation. And that's why it's so important to read and understand God's word. I mean, we can all pull out uh, parts of scripture in the Bible that fit our um, narrative that we're trying to project. And the only narrative that we as men of Christ should be trying to project is the grace and love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Right. That we were given a free gift gift because of his death and that everything that he stood for is the only is the way that we should live our lives. <clears throat> you know, uh, we, we look and we see <clears throat> how lazy we've been. And I mean, you can look at it in the churches uh, from. Uh, the churches that are not speaking the truth, they have only preached the good parts of God's word. The only what can God do for me? You know, God is not a genie in a bottle. I've said it before. God is not a genie in a bottle. And when you accept God and you accept Jesus Christ, <clears throat> that... He is, yeah, I mean, there is only one way to heaven. And that's through the Lord, accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Whether you, I mean, that's the fact that the Bible tells us that plain and, plain and simple. You know, and when we allow, uh, you know, such, such things as the Grammys to come on, whether, I mean, it, it's blatant worshiping of Satan. And when we allow that as entertainment driven as we are as a culture to be a dominant theme on something that we invest so much time in, 
No. No. Everybody, you know, I think because of the weak gospel preached in churches that uh, a lot of people have a misconception of who God is. Look, you know, uh, it's it's as if we're at, we treat God, like I said, as a genie in a bottle or as a slot machine. We pull the handle so we can get what we want. That's not who he is. You accept Jesus Christ into your life, and that's great, and he gives you peace. He gives you comfort. He gives you, uh, you are saved. You know, you are in the family of God. But you also have to change. You also have to <clears throat> give up those things that you were doing, that you were sinning, that you partook in. I mean, men, we have to get uh, our heads on fire and our hearts on fire for, for Jesus and start spreading the gospel. And when these type things happen, like the Grammys, or some people even said the Super Bowl show, I didn't pay that much attention to it, uh, so I wouldn't know. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, when we see the truth, God's truth being trampled, distorted, or twisted, that makes his creations not want to follow him, that's where we have to stand up, man. That's how we battle culture, right? Proverbs 29.2 says, When the righteous thrive, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. And right now, people are groaning, man. Because there's not enough righteous men each and every day speaking God's truth into the people that God has given them and surrounded them with to be able to speak that truth or live that truth in front of them, live it out in front of them. <clears throat> I was telling my kids just yesterday, you know, we were given a gift that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, for the whole world's sins. Every person on this planet, Jesus was beaten, carried his cross, and hung on that cross and died on that cross. And I said he wasn't resurrected on the third day so we can continue being the same people, ungodly people, that we were before we accepted him into our life. And, man, that has to be more important than anything else. We have to put God above the thoughts of our families the thoughts of our friends, the thoughts of the society or community that which we live in, you know, we we've men we've taken a back seat to allowing other incompetent people, incompetent in the way that they don't believe in Jesus Christ. We have let unfaithful people take control of our lives. You know, and it starts as simple as the school system that we pull, put our kids in. You know, the, the teaching that they're having drag queens come into school and have book reading hours. No. No. We are the church. We are the government of this country. And for too long, because we felt like that God would handle it, 
and God will take care of it. And God would do this. He is doing that, but he created you to be his hands and feet. He created us men to be bold, to be strong, to be in him and have that relationship so that we can do his will on this earth. And it's come to the point now to where you have a bunch of young men, you know, I'm old school, so I I use this, uh, analogy you know wearing skinny jeans up there trying to preach the word of god well that don't look very manly but at the same time what does a manly man look like right it is a truthful man a believer in jesus christ who is loving kind patient right all the fruits of the spirit i don't care if you wear skinny jeans just speak the truth when you speak about our lord and savior jesus christ and if anybody else has a disagreement with that then we speak our truth and then we have planted the seed that Jesus has intended for us to plant it. Like I said before, it's not our responsibility to go out and save someone. It is our responsibility to speak the truth into people and plant that seed. And if, and to water that seed, Jesus will grow it. Jesus will get his. He will get his people back to him. He will get the father's people back to him. You know, and <clears throat> we can't be soft anymore in our churches. Like I said, back in the day, there, you know, we we called it, when as I was growing up, we called it hellfire and brimstone preaching. I mean, you got preachers up there yelling and screaming and shouting, and they were speaking the truth, and they were passionate, and that's awesome. But, in today's society where we tend to only throw the loving, comfortable parts of who Jesus is out to people so that they will continue to come to church, sacrificing the truth of his word and saying that, hey, if you don't accept me as your Lord and Savior, you won't see the kingdom of heaven. You won't be there unless I am accepted. And it's not just a verbal acceptance. So, men, make sure that everybody that you are preaching to the gospel to understand, you can't just say the words and expect to get to heaven. You know, God's word tells us, look, there will be plenty of you that come to the fa- try to get to the Father and say, I prophesied in your name. I healed the sick. I did all this stuff. In Jesus' name, and Jesus will say, get away from me, for I did not know you. So it has to be a heartfelt change. How we battle culture is to battle within ourselves to get our lives right with Jesus in our own way. We are the God's biggest tool and weapon on this earth to defeat the evil that is in this earth. And when our faith is strong, in Jesus Christ, and we know and understand and have that relationship of who he is, then, then we can be the sword that he has created us to be. And we're not always going to be the sword. The sword is his word, right? So when we know the word, we are the sword. So men, I mean, you know, we have to strive for righteousness. We have to strive to have that strong relationship with with Jesus and let him provide the Holy Spirit on us. 
you know, we're going uh, in our church along that same topic. We're going through First Samuel and talking about King David, and we're talking about how patient David was from the time that he was anointed to be the future king of Israel, right, to how long it took for him to actually become king. You know, we don't all become kings in the kingdom like, say, Israel, or we don't become president here in the United States. We don't always see some of the glory that some of the examples were given in the Bible show us. But that doesn't mean that we are not a king in our area, right? You can be a mayor or you can... Per example, not literally, but, you know, you can be the king in your home. And God's the ultimate king. He's first. He is the king in your home. But as friends of Christ, we are God's sons. We are his daughters. We are his creation. Therefore, he puts us in charge of those areas, you know, our families and leading our families to Christ. And, you know, we're not going to be perfect. We're, you know, that's what I told my kids yesterday. You know, we're not going to be perfect. We are at times. I told her, I said, your mother, I'm going to fail you. Your mama's going to fail you, let you down, disappoint you. You know, as parents, we disappoint and let our children down each and every day. You know, I said, your friends are going to do the same thing. Anybody you come in contact with, because we were born into the sinful nature of the trickster Satan, uh, I said, we are not going to be perfect. And we're not, and we're, if sometimes some humans are going to let you down and we can't get mad or angry at that. I said, because you have to look at the eternal perspective. We have to look at the big game picture, especially as men. We have to look at the long run. We have to play the long game in this, in this battle against Satan. We have to be prepared. And, and you know, I said, and that's the great thing, that because of Jesus' sacrifice and the patience and love of God, men, we have time to grow and hone our skill. We have God's patience on our side, and we have the promise of eternity through our faithfulness to his son, Jesus Christ, that he provides the Holy Spirit to get us to where we need to be. And everybody's past different. But as long as we're striving to be righteous and standing up on the principles that God has put in our heart before he put us in our mother's womb, that is the key. We have to teach those principles. And it doesn't have to be in a manner that people find offensive. I can speak the truth to you in a way, and and each one of us has a different way of speaking that truth. It doesn't have to be hellfire or brimstone. Each and every time we talk about Jesus Christ, should it be talked about? Should he be talked about with respect and the authority that our Creator is giving? Of course, and it, but it's not to be offensive. So when we're standing up and battling this culture that we have, yes, we have to stand up. 
and we have to speak God's truth. And with the passion of the old hellfire and brimstone preaching and teachings of the pastors of the past, but in a manner with the passion, with the heart that we see these people out there that are lost, that are struggling, that, and we can speak with them in love. Men, love is, you know, that's God. God even tells us that people will know you by the love that they see in you. Right? To love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. And then to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Powerful, right? And there are some truths that nobody, that a lot of people don't want to hear in the Bible, right? That when we're talking about either non-believers or unfaithful people or people that have lost their faith, and we're trying to bring them back into the family of Jesus Christ that we have to that we have to speak the truth. Our lives are not going to be sunshine, rainbows and unicorns each and every day of our life. You know, we are going to face troubles and we're going to face those hardships, the same hardships that sinners face. You know, but we are going to have the joy and comfort and peace because we're looking at the bigger picture. We're not looking at our current situation. We can have all that joy and peace because we know we are promised through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us that we will have an eternity with God. That no matter what happens here, this is temporary anyway. I mean, death and taxes, right? I mean, we're all going to die or we're all going to be called to heaven and we're all going to have to walk through that fire for and, and walk through it before we can stand in the presence of God so it can cleanse us of the good or bad that we've done in this life. You know, it took me 52 years to get to a point to where I am I, I believe I'm in the right price or the right process of fully committing to God, you know, uh, from a personal standpoint that I understand now that I can't do it my way. You know, I, I'm the first one to cut somebody down with a harsh comment or, um, a crude statement. Uh, because I don't agree with them, you know, uh, especially now in, in today's political political environment. You know, I choose not to engage in hateful speech where before I, 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 I would. You know, that would be one of my go-tos, and I would think that, and be honest with you, the people who disagree with me or who are on the left side or whatever, Democrat, Republican, whatever you want to call them, their side, you know, I would stand up for that argument. And what God has shown me in my life is that, hey, if we're trusted in Jesus, I mean, it tells us in God's word that he places the governments and authorities in charge of us. Uh, I told somebody at the grocery store yesterday we were talking about it, and I said, you know, as a whole, 
God put the current uh, leadership of our government in place to really show us as a whole, not individuals, but as a whole, how far we have come to the bottom of the pit of our values and our morals and where we want this country to go. Just like, you know, we want, we are the church of Jesus Christ. So we should be promoting that church in a manner that honors and respects his name. And just like, well, if you're in this country, you should be standing up, not for a, a, a Democrat or Republican or leftist, whatever you want to call them, an independent or conservative. What we should be standing up for and what we should be wanting our government to get back to is the principles that it was founded on. And those were the principles of the love of Jesus Christ that he has for other people that we need to get back to battling this country by showing them that the love of Christ will prevail. And how that prevails is we think more of others than we think of ourselves. We are not the ones that are only in it for our gain. We are in it so that other people can have the same opportunities and the same chance that we have in this life. It's not about the rich getting richer or the poor getting poorer. No, it's to help those who are less fortunate to us stand up, be able to stand up on their own and take care of themselves. It's not giving people handouts. It's not that. It, it, it's helping to train them up to understand the value and the principles of working for something. Because when you work for something, you value something. You know, when it's given to you, it holds no value. And I think sometimes that's where we get lost off because the gift of sa being saved through Jesus Christ on the cross, sometimes that's hard for people to understand. Why would anybody die for us? Why would anybody do this, right? But at the same time, there is a price to be paid for following Jesus Christ. We're not going to live in a world of sunshine and rainbows. We will be persecuted. We will be judged by the rest of the world for our stance and our position. But that's okay. They can judge me because their opinion doesn't matter of me. And I think as a society and for us to be effective in the battle of this culture, that's where we have to be again, man. We have to say, you know what? It doesn't matter what you think. If we are in God's word daily and we are taking the steps to live our life as Jesus Christ lived his life, applying his principles, the Holy Spirit giving us the strength to do that, and we're standing up against the lies of Satan in our world and in our society, men, we are a powerful sword being swung by the hand of God because God is leading us in a way and he is the one guiding the sword, not our own corrupted, selfish hearts. And when we can get ourselves to that point, man, that is when, when the hand of God is swinging the sword, 
then we are a viable weapon. We are not a viable weapon for the case for Christ, the love for Christ, when we are swinging the sword on our own. We have to allow God to swing the sword because nothing is set. Nothing can be destroyed that God creates. Not Satan, not us, not anybody else will destroy what God has built. So if we want to be an effective warrior, we want to be an effective weapon in this war that we're in with Satan, who is so bold and arrogant right now that it's time for Christians to get back. We're tight. We sh- should be putting on our armor so that we can go out and allow God to swing the sword where he needs to swing the sword in order to bring his people back to him. You know, David could have took out Saul. He's had, he had plenty of opportunities to kill Saul and take the kingdom, but that would have been by his hand, not by God's hand. And we need to be more like David in that we trust and we hone our skills in learning God's word. And we have the patience to wait, you know, and to grow and to learn what he's trying to teach us in those moments where we're waiting for God to use us to swing the sword, to become a more prevalent speaker for God's word or to be a better leader in the school systems uh, to bring or in the government or wherever God has called you to be, you need to sharpen yourself so you can be part of the edge of the sword that God will be swinging against Satan. And that you mean that that is a call to arms right there. I mean, that's what we need. We need to be the blade and the handle so that God can swing the sword. Because when God swings the sword, it's done, brother. I mean, we are we are what God wanted us to be. And we do that by listening and being in his word and sharpening and giving our hearts not our words, but our hearts and our actions to Jesus Christ and allow the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to wield the sword that would that will end this craziness that's going on in our world today because he created us for this purpose. He will do it. The hunger, the, the, the evil that is in this world, we are here to do something about it. And man, for too dang long, I'm included in this, we are, we have been a passive male society. And we see where it's gotten us. People don't even know if they're male, female. They don't know if they're he, she, they, it. Heck, some of them even think they're a dang animal. Well, just because you get on your hands and knees and bark don't make you a dog. You may look and smell like one, but you ain't one. So get up on your two feet. Take in your heart what God put in your heart. And get up there and be who God created you to be. And that's the kind of teaching that we need to have. 
And that's the type of leadership we need to have in our homes. And that's the kind of revival that it's going to take to get this country back into the good graces of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's going to take us being the sword and allowing God to swing it. But we have to be ready to be swung. So as we go out and we prepare ourselves to be the warrior that God wants us to be, the shepherd that he wants us to be, we have to be multi multifunctional, just like the seals. They can they can they can do urban ops, they can do underwater ops, they can do this. We have to be diversified in the skills and abilities that God has given us and to and to search for them and to ask him what they are so we can be ready for when he picks up the sword to use us that we are sharp and we are ready. You know, God put us on this earth to battle the forces of evil that were created when Adam and Eve ate the apple. From then on, he has been working on our hearts in order to strengthen and bring his people back to him. And right now, we're at a point to where it's time for us to quit being quiet. You know, just like in Kentucky. God can spread his word without any news media or anything like that. Just a few posts on, you know, social media now. We have the tools to be so much more powerful and are not powerful, but so much more effective in our spreading of God's word today <clears throat> than they had the 12 disciples had, but they did it across the world. What are we doing? Men, come on now. We got to get busy. Get in your Bible. Find you a good devotional. Find you a good men's group. Because we can't do this alone. We have to have other men that will support us, that strengthen us. And when we start slipping, <clears throat> excuse me, that they are there to correct us, to rebuke us, to put us back on the right path. Hey, don't it ain't pretty. You know, we've talked about that before, too. It's not going to be pretty. and It's not fun to get corrected and say, hey, uh, you're way off course on this one, buddy. But I love you and I'm bringing you back because we need we need your link in our armor. We need your edge on our sword. Right. So, you know, I hope that uh, this has provided some inspiration uh of what it looks like for us men to get back to leading as God has called us to lead and be who God has created us to be. And that's not to be quiet, to not to be silent, to be the champions, to stand up, even though we know what it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us nothing compared to what Jesus paid for us on the cross. So you get embarrassed, so you get humiliated, so what, right? God and Jesus loves you, and if he establishes you in in that position at that time, he will take care of everything else because you were faithful to him. Just like Abraham with Isaac, right? Because of Abraham's faith and trust and belief in who God was, he was willing to sacrifice the thing that he wanted most on this earth. And God didn't allow that to happen. God wants you to take the first step, gentlemen. Get in your Bibles. Find you a good, strong, 
Bible-based men's group. Find you a good, strong, truthful, Bible-based church. Be there and work for God, not for man. Work for him so that we're ready when that time comes, which I believe we're in right now, for God to swing the sword. He's looking for enough blade to reach and touch what he wants to touch. And right now he's falling short because we have let him down. So, men, it's time for us to stand up and be the blade and the handle of the sword as God gets ready to wield it to spread his spirit throughout the world. So, men, until next week, as you do what you do, answer the call of men.